Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Craft to Career Podcast. This is Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy. I'm the host of the show. And I'm really excited about the feedback that I've been getting from last week's episode, episode 74, and that was on charging what you're worth. I actually have never had so much feedback, and I'm pretty sure it's because I'm talking to my listeners about a thing that you get, you know, it's it's really easy for us to all come together and say, yeah, we are not getting enough for what we're doing. And in fact, I have a review this week for the podcast. It says, Charging What You're Worth. And this review says, Loved this podcast. So refreshing to hear someone being honest about what they charge and discussing setting a standard for quilterpreneurs. I'm guilty of undercutting myself. Please set up a Facebook group for us all to chat about this more. Stacy Lee Creative. So first of all, Stacy, I actually am planning on carrying on that conversation. Um, so that's in the process. And by in the process, I mean I'm thinking about it. I don't know what that's going to look like, but there is an interest for that, definitely. So I will be doing that and carrying on that conversation. My goal for that is to really hear from people inside the industry and get a feel for what is standard and to share that publicly so that we can feel confident in what we're charging. Because really a lot of the feedback that I've gotten about that episode is people commiserating, saying, I know I don't charge enough and I'm nervous to do that. And I, I don't know what to charge. So it's been really great for me to hear from you listeners and to get that feedback because that is definitely something that has struck a chord and in fact, there, there's been a lot of conversation that's come up because of that, which makes me so happy. I want us as quiltrepreneurs to band together, to work together, to raise that standard in our industry. As I mentioned, you see that in other industries. And so having this conversation is perfect. And I, I want to start with myself creating a media kit and putting that out there that's very public where anyone can go and see what I charge so you can get an idea. And things that I'm thinking about with that is also putting into perspective what's of value, you know, how long have you been in business? Um, because there are certain things that do affect what your going rate would be for different things but not for all the things. So it's an ambiguous, and that's why I think we're all like, so what, what do we charge? So I wanna dive into that, and I'm really excited to do that. So that is on the docket. I will admit right now, the Quilt Pattern Writing course has just begun, and I am knee deep in all of that. So it's on the docket, as I said, but it will probably be on the back burner for a little while until the course is fully under underway and we are, you know, in a good rhythm with all of that. So today we are going to talk about something that I touched on lightly last week. I mentioned something where I said, now once you have this, then 
the responsibility falls on you in, the, in your marketing, letting people know the value that comes in from your product. And so I wanted to dive into that more today because just as strongly as I feel about we need to charge what we're worth and not be ashamed of that and hold your head up high and not apologize or back down, I feel just as strongly about marketing and helping people understand why your product is worth what it's worth. And that's a big responsibility for us. And I, I'll dive into why I feel strongly about that. Uh, but first, I did want to touch on something that's not about marketing. It's more about the journey of a business owner. And today I went to lunch with my husband. It was a celebration of the quilt pattern writing course, the launch being done for, you know, celebration of the success that it had for the students, all of the things. Um, and it was funny, you know, we were there at lunch and he's kind of a joker. He's like, let's make an announcement it was if we're really going to announce, you know, to the restaurant. She just had her lunch. But as he was done with that, you know, joke, I was like, honestly, it's so bizarre, but it's very anticlimactic. And I do not mean that to sound ungrateful. Uh, and I've touched on this in prior episodes, or at least an episode. And I hesitate to say this, but I, I want it to come across in the right spirit. And the reason I hesitate to say this, I listened to a podcast by Naval, and it's just The Naval Show. And he is one intelligent dude. I really like a lot that he has to say about business. But I remember him saying once, and he's, he's in um, California, the tech Silicon Valley, you know, crazy successful beyond what I can wrap my head around. And I remember him saying something about the yachts get boring real quick. And I remember that specifically because I remember seeing a yacht at some point in before that previously and being just blown away. Like, can you imagine? I mean, it was like, I, I can't even, the things that we saw in this yacht, we were on like a little rinky dink boat and we could see with our binoculars, this yacht. And I was like, if I jump over and swim over, do you think they'd let me on board? Which I didn't try, but I thought about it. So anyhow, I remember that sticking out because I had seen a yacht and I remember just being like, can you imagine how fun that would be? That's just crazy, all the stuff they have on there, you know? And then he said, it, it gets boring real quick. I was like, that sounds so tone deaf. Like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. The yachts get boring real quick. And I, there were other things he said too. I want, I don't know, probably like private jet, the millions of millions of dollars. I mean, stuff that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It gets boring real quick. Like that just sounds so bad. But he went on to talk about it. And so I am in no way trying, I hope I don't come across that way of like, oh, this success is nothing. What I mean and what I want to inspire and motivate you listeners with is that the joy comes in the forward progress, the struggle, but the progress. So if you're struggling to grow your business and there's never any forward progress, that is just downright deflating. But if you are struggling and you are moving forward, even if it's two steps forward, one step back, which generally in my experience it has been, those two steps forward feel so good. Even though those two steps forward aren't the goal, you haven't arrived at the goal, it is those I feel like I celebrate and feel more excited about than the arrival of, you know, I set a goal to, let's say, publish a book. 
and the book comes out and and I felt more excited when I got that email saying, hey, we would love to have you publish a book with us. Uh, that was crazy exciting. Um, when I knew that I was going to have the fabric line with Art Gallery Fabrics. It's not, I don't, well, it hasn't come out yet officially, so I don't know, but those initial, like, oh my goodness, I, this thing is happening. Like today, I heard from a friend, she said, I'm going to eat chocolate ice cream because I just emailed a company about using their fabric. To someone else, that might sound like, really? You're going to celebrate that? I, I am so proud of this friend and business owner for recognizing that this is a monumental thing for her and that it's worth celebrating, you know? And just like, let's say you launch your patterns and this time you sell more than you did in your last launch. Do you want to still sell more? Absolutely. But that excitement of, yes, I beat what I did last time. And I mean, it's that forward progress and the struggle. You have to have both. If success just tumbles onto your lap, which I know <laughs> because no one has experienced that that I'm aware of, we all think, yeah, right, no, that would be amazing. But I really don't believe it would. I really believe that there has to be that struggle, that we have to earn it. If you were in school and you literally were just handed all A's, it would really be unfulfilling. You have to struggle and put in the work. And then when you get that A, you're like, that is right, I earned that. Like there is joy that comes from that forward struggle. And it's, you know, it's the little, those little steps along the way. So I do not want to come across like, oh, the yachts get boring real quick. I wouldn't know. I hope to be able to tell you that one day, but um, I don't know if they get boring real quick. But I can say, just sitting at lunch today, I was like, huh, I had this big launch that finished and I've been working so hard for so long and, and one would think that I would feel a certain way, but I felt more excited like when I saw someone in the industry who's a friend of mine sign up for the course that I really was hoping would join the course. That moment, my joy was greater than sitting in this restaurant celebrating the completion of the launch. It's those little things along the way that if you can take the time to celebrate it, whether it's going to get chocolate ice cream or just sitting back and mentally allowing yourself to realize, wow, I'm really feeling happy about this. And I, because a business is a roller coaster, you've got the ups and you've got the downs. And when you've got the ups, if you can recognize that and just step back and say, wow, this is so cool. I am loving this. You will enjoy what you do so much more. And I think that you'll find more success because you are focusing on those things. I actually feel really strongly about that. That's getting a little bit into the woo. We'll see if I ever dive into that more or not. Uh, but... I do think that enjoying the journey, you know, as cliche as that sounds, that that's, that's where it's at. So with that little tidbit from my day, I am going to jump into marketing. So marketing is basically how you get people to buy your product. So there are so many different aspects of marketing, but today I am going to focus on the words that you use, how you talk about your product. And I feel so strongly about this because I have seen 
in the quilting industry and in other industries. In fact, I have a story from another industry that highlights this exact thing, exact thing uh, where people try to sell their product using words that are really off-putting to a customer. And so I want you as a business owner to be aware of this so that you avoid it and so that you can understand how to market well, you know, so that you can speak so your customers want to buy your thing. That, that's on you as a business owner. First of all, it's on you to create a good product, to find out what's a competitive price, what's worth your time, you know, how, how can you be compensated fairly for what you're doing. So you've got the quality, you've got the price, and now how do you get people to buy it? So what not to do is to tell the customer how much you've put into this thing, how much it's cost you, how much time you've put into it, that basically they owe you, you know, that they need to pay you this amount because, because you've done X, Y, Z. So that's very, it, at best, it doesn't work. At worst, it's very off-putting and very um, tone deaf and makes you sound like uh, privileged or that people owe you something, which they don't. You know, we buy products because of, as a consumer, as a customer, you are buying something because of what you get out of it. Unless someone is your buddy, you don't go and buy something because of them, you know, or maybe like a little kid comes to your door and tries to sell something cute and you buy it because, oh, that's sweet. But generally, we go out and buy something because of what's in it for us. And that could be so many things. It could be, well, we really care about the environment and so we only buy things that are naturally sourced or we want the cheapest thing. So we are only gonna buy, we want to save money or it could be whatever. So many different reasons for why you buy what you do. Um, but as a business owner, you want to use words that take you out of the equation. So Donald Miller has a really great book called A Story Brand. And he talks about how your brand is like a story. And it's very fascinating. In fact, one of my goals is to get him on my podcast one day. So there we go. I'm going to put that out there. I would love that to happen. But he talks about your customer and that your customer needs to be the hero that your product is providing a journey for them let's say with a quilt pattern they're on a journey to learn how to quilt let's just go with that they're a beginning quilter and they want to learn how to quilt now they are thinking about their journey they are the hero of their story and if you come at them and all of a sudden try and push them off the scene and say here, hear my story. This is how I learned how to do this. I learned how to do it in one month and I'm the best teacher out there and me, me, me. And none of us, I'm sure all of you hearing are like, I don't do that. But <laughs> after even teaching people how to do this, I have a story about that. Even I did that and I didn't know it. So we are unaware sometimes a lot of the time that we are doing that because you're also told, you know, to share your story share about you so people can get to know you. And so it's this tight rope, you know, walking a fine line of sharing your story in a way that paints what's in it for the customer. So you're not just sharing your story to brag about yourself, which I know, again, those of you listening are like, I don't do that. I, I wouldn't brag about myself. 
but to always frame things in, you, it sounds callous, but if you're to say like, so what, you know, after you share anything, ask yourself, so what, what does the customer get out of this? How does this help them on their journey? And it might not be beginning quilt pattern. It might be like, they're looking for a really great modern quilt pattern, or they're looking for a quilt pattern that's perfect for a man in their life. I don't know, whatever it might be. You, that's where your niche comes into play. But to know your niche and to market that to your customer and let them know what's in it for them. Why does this benefit them? What do they get out of this? And if you can't answer that question, it's time to go back to the drawing board. Here's the thing, your product does offer something to your customer, but you need to evaluate what that is and get really familiar with that and use that language on your website on your social media posts, in your newsletters. You want your customer to be very aware that your product is going to help them with X, Y, Z. So an example that I heard in the music industry, and I think I originally heard this from Donald Miller's book, A Story Brand. Um, Jay-Z, he tried to start a music streaming company called Tidal. And the way that he presented it, he had a bunch of musicians for this big launch. It was like Madonna, Kanye West, Rihanna, and him, Jay-Z. And they presented this subscription, monthly subscription. And the point of it was music musicians are finally going to get the money they deserve. So let's think about this as far as the hero. Who is the hero in this scenario? It is the musicians. They are the ones that like, they've put so much work and energy into this. They have not been getting their fair share of the money. Not fair, you know? So it's all about the hero is the musician. As a customer, we don't care. Like, in fact, it kind of <laughs> went a little viral on uh, Twitter and people just started making fun of this. Like, oh, you poor things. You know, here you are on stage with like some of the most wealthy musicians and you're talking about getting higher pay rates and they fail to talk about like the starving artists or the underknown, you know, people who are less well-known, the artists who really aren't getting that much money. Um, instead, they had these big, famous, very wealthy musicians. So it really um, did not go well and it flopped. And I've seen this a little bit in the quilting industry. And so there's forward-facing marketing and then there's conversations that we can have behind closed doors. So the conversation of charging what you're worth, that's something that we don't talk about with our customer, right? We talk about that as business owners. But the moment we are talking to our customers, that conversation is off the table. You don't want to be telling them, I am worth this much, you need to pay me this much. It's just not going to work. It's up to you to, to let them know what's in it for them. So I heard a conversation after reading Donald Miller's book. I saw a post of a quilter saying, I will only charge X amount, thousands of dollars for a quilt. Because, and then there was a list of the supplies, the time, what their time is worth. And I, I read it and was like, oh dear. Okay, good luck with that. Again, 
That's not the kind of forward-facing marketing you want to have because unless you have a sweet, dear friend or family relative who really loves you, it's going to be a hard sale. So you could instead still charge the same amount of money, thousands of dollars for a handmade quilt, and instead frame it as, did you know that normal fabrics have this amount of dye or chemicals? The fabrics that I use are chemical-free, are made in the U.S., you know, whatever the selling point of the fabrics, because let's face it, the fabrics that we buy are expensive. So let's tell our customer why they're different than other fabrics. You could teach them about thread count, about quality. When you wash it over time, how will it hold up? Then you could talk about the importance of buying from small artists, not for the small artist's sake, but if you look at what people are paid in other countries who are making things and the work conditions that they have, and to ask yourself if that's what you want to support with your money. Is that something? And some people are fine with it. That's fine. That's not going to be your ideal customer if this is the approach that you're going to take. You could talk about the little imperfections that show that it was made by hand and the heirloom, how this is something that you can pass on from generation to generation and know that it was made by a loved one or, or a human that you can talk to face to face and not a nameless person in another country. So same price tag, but the marketing is completely different. You're all of a sudden talking about the customer and why they would care. Why would they want to pay that price? They're not gonna wanna pay that price because, oh, poor you, you really did a lot, didn't you? Again, that's a conversation we can have as quilterpreneurs behind closed doors, but once you put on your marketing hat, it's time to tell your customer why it's worth that price. And I know that you know often, at least myself, and for most people that I talk to, none of us are out there blatantly being tone deaf and like having these conversations where we're trying to put us at the center of attention, but it can happen. For example, I had a product that I carried. It was a free product that I offered, and then I had a welcome sequence email where when they opted in, I would send an email that said, here you go, here's the product that you wanted, and it's free. And I could see there were a series of three or four emails and I could see the open rate of those emails. It was going really well. I mean like 95% open rate. And unsubscribe was very, very low. People were clicking, engaging. And then come email three, things plummeted. And I went and hired a copywriter and was like, what's going on? People want this free opt-in, but all of a sudden come email three, they're unsubscribing. And they are not, that was the email where I was trying to sell something that actually cost money. So I had this free thing to bring them in. Then I had a nurture sequence. And by email three, I was following this, you know, do this, do this, and then send this email. Well, the copywriter that I hired, she was like, let's take a look at your emails. And she opened email three. And that's where I shared my story. And she was like, hmm yeah, this is too much about you and not at all about the customer. I was like, what? Oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot because I had been teaching other people this very thing, but sometimes it's really hard for us to recognize that in our own business. Sometimes when you're just in the thick of it, you can't see, you're, you're, you, know, you can't see your nose in front of you. 
And so it sometimes is really helpful to have an outside person come and take a look and and point out like, mm, this isn't about the customer. You know, this is your story, but you've got to frame it in a way that's so what, you know, what does this have to do with your customer? And I changed it and sure enough, it went better. And I started getting more sales and less unsubscribes. So the way that we word things really matters. So tangible takeaway things that you can do to implement this, going and looking at your website and right when you open your website, look and see at the very top there, above the fold is what it's called and that's what people see before they scroll down. What message are you telling your customers? It should be very clear what you offer and what's in it for your customer. So, I mean, there's some really, really bad slogans that Donald Miller shares in his story brand book where it's just confusing. You go and read it and you're like, what are they selling? I couldn't even tell you if it's a toothbrush or grass, you know, like I, I don't know. And so you want to just be very clear quilt patterns for the modern quilter. I mean, that's at the most basic, you know, but state what you sell and who it's for. And even a bonus, if you can tell them why ethically sourced or I don't know, whatever might be extra cool or unique about what your customers get from you. So that's a tangible takeaway and it's harder than you think. My goodness, I've struggled with that and I honestly think I could probably hire a copywriter and get it to be better. But if you go to my uh, website, I'm gonna pull that up real quick here. What I have above the fold, it says home of the quilters candy membership get top quilt patterns before anyone else. So this, I'm trying to tell my customers, like, what, what do you get from this? You get top quilt patterns before anyone else. So there's that intrigue of like, you get to be the first one to get these patterns. And not just from anyone, but from like top quilt designers. So I state, and that, you know, there's a few things that I offer. I offer quilt patterns, I have my course, but this is my main focus. This is the thing that I want to grow the most. And so that's what I put at the very top of my website. And so to choose what is the main thing that you focus on as a business owner, and this will probably evolve for me, and I probably, I mean, it, it really probably will. And it has, you know, I used to have the box and then I did quilt patterns and the membership. So things evolve, but just to evaluate what is the main thing that I offer and how can I share that briefly in one or two sentences that is just short and concise and that it makes the customer the hero? So this whole idea of a hero, again, Donald Miller talks about like Harry Potter. Harry Potter is the hero. He's the one that's going through and having all of these experiences. You want to be the guide. You want to be the Dumbledore who stands off in the background and you, you have knowledge, you have a product that can help this hero. The hero is the one that's struggling and going through the hard things. You are there to guide them and help them. So you're not there to toot your own horn and to talk about you. You're there to talk about your customer, to ask what their needs are, to provide solutions for them. And again, if you think, uh, I'm not like a solution-based thing, I'm more for joy, enjoyment, or just for beauty or for fun. Those are things that are of value as well. So if you provide a really great quality quilt pattern, get to know what's, what's great about it. 
clearly written, easy to follow. All templates are included. Uh, you, and sometimes just your photo, your branding can speak for itself. Like people who have really niched down into a great brand, like they use these certain colors, then someone might just know, oh, she uses all reds and I love the reds that she uses in her fabric. So I want hers. And then you could go as far as to say like specializing in red quilts. I mean, that's, that's an odd example, but it doesn't have to be. It could be amazing. Someone make that a thing, make it amazing. <laughs> but there we are. It's just, it's in how you present your message and to be aware that it matters that our customers feel seen and heard. We don't want to try and, you know, open title streaming and just be tone deaf and you need to buy this because of me and what I put into this. It's about what the customer gets out of it. And then if you're putting in a ton of time and money and people aren't buying it, then it might be time to reevaluate what your product is and are you doing this the right way? Or should you be putting in the money that you're putting in for this thing to evaluate, is this a smart business? Am I doing this the right way? And if you really, you know, you might feel like it's amazing, but to do some market research and to make sure that there's interest for this thing, which I'm talking to quilters here. We know that there's an industry of quilters who are interested in quilt patterns and long arm quilting, uh, whatever it might be. So I can feel fairly confident that what you are creating, that there's an audience for that. So then it becomes a matter of marketing and sharing that well. Um, so that is my message to you today, is to evaluate how you can let your customer be the hero, how you can share the value of your product, and not so much in terms of what you've put into it, but what the customer gets out of it, and why, you know, so what, so what's in it for them. So to keep that in mind. Thank you so much for being here for this episode this week. If you have questions or ideas on marketing, I'd love to hear from you. I do have right now in my quilt pattern writing course, I'm opening up an application and I'm going to have four students come and be on the podcast. And I'm rolling the dice that they are going to have a great experience in the course because I am going to have them come and talk about where they are right now, what they're hoping to get out of the, the course in regards to how, how do they want their business to grow? What are their hopes and dreams for their business? Then once the course is over and they've had some time to implement that, I'm going to come back and say, okay, how did it go? How's your business doing? And so I'm really excited to have four students on and I'm going to try and find students who are in different areas of their business so I cannot wait to introduce the four students to you. I don't know who they're going to be yet. They are at the moment applying. So I'll be going through those applications and selecting four students for the podcast. So look forward to that. And next week we have an alumni from my original course. It's Janae of Vintage Stitch by Janae. And I am really excited to have her on. She's been doing some pretty amazing stuff. And she is just so sweet. I'm really proud of her. And so I invited her to come onto the show and just talk about her journey and the products that she offers, especially because I know there are going to be some of you out there who will want to hear what she's doing and see if there's a product that's similar that you are thinking about doing and just hearing how that went for her. 
So I'm gonna leave it at that. You can always go and check out her Instagram, Vintage Stitch by Janae, to see what on earth could we be, you know, talking about together. Or come and join next Friday, and we'll have her right here on the podcast, and you can hear. So thank you so much for being here. I love hearing from you listeners. I love that you get to come and that we get to have a community of quiltrepreneurs where we can grow together, learn together, lift and support each other. So thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful week and I will see you here next Friday. 